A 42-year-old man in Germany looks to the internet for his odd desires. The man wants to kill and eat another human being, but only if the act is consensual. Seems like an impossible card to fill, but he gets a taker. A willing and consenting man wants to be eaten and killed. Not only that, but the man wants to eat a bit of himself before he dies. The part of the body that is chosen to be removed first while he's alive is his penis. After the dismemberment and murder happens, the killer makes graphic posts online. These posts are flagged by a concerned citizen and the police are alerted. What police find in the old, massive mansion of the killer who made the posts was extremely disturbing. The details of this case are so unbelievable that had the entire horrific incident not been recorded on video camera, police might have a hard time believing it was consensual. What are all the details of this case and was this the only victim the killer had? Come hang out with me while I talk true crime. Welcome to Hell No, a true crime podcast with your host, Lauren Lucio. We are over a week into October now. By the time you're hearing this recording, uh, yeah, it's a week into October, which is my favorite month in the entire year. It's time to binge watch horror movies. Let's go on YouTube and watch some ghost hunter shows, Sam and Colby. And don't forget about pumpkin spice everything. I'm talking lattes. I'm talking candles. I'm talking room spray. I'm talking all the pumpkin spice. At the end of today's episode, I'm going to run everyone through my lineup for this month, including details on the Halloween special and how you can contribute to it if you would like to. If you want to know what to expect over the next uh, three spookiest weeks of the year, then keep on listening to the very end and I will run you through that. Okay, now, this week's case. This is one that I had heard, but I honestly thought that it was an urban legend. I didn't think that, th- I had heard people talk about it before, like, no, that's not sure. That's, you know, that's not it at all. It is. I thought it was mostly made up uh, with hints of truth in it, but no, 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 no. It is all true. In fact, it's more terrible than I thought it was going to be because it's all, it's all true. There is a part of this case that takes place in a slaughter room or a kill room, whatever you want to call it, in a huge, dusty, spider webby, falling down, creepy mansion in which the killer lives. That's right. The killer lives alone in a massive derelict mansion in a small town called Westerfield near Rottenburg in Germany. I could be pronouncing both of those town city names wrong. This case is like the movie Psycho meets Hannibal Lecter. And for that reason, I have chosen to talk about this case in the first episode of October. So let's let's just start at the beginning. Armin Maiwis. So I was having some trouble pronouncing his last name. His first name is Armin. His last name is spelled M-E-I-W-E-S. And in the documentaries I watched, they were all pronouncing it Maiwis. Maiwis. Armin Maiwis. Okay, so he was born December 1st of 1961. His father had two sons from a previous marriage, giving him two half-brothers. His mother didn't seem to be the nurturing type, and uh, this led to a unhealthy relationship between Armin and his mother. Armin loved his mother, loved her so much, would do anything for her, and 
it's said that she loved him too, but it was also said that she was very cruel, controlling, and domineering. So this is where this is where we get the psycho elements from that movie Psycho. Armin's mother was also a very paranoid and angry woman. And by the time Armin was eight years old, his father couldn't handle dealing with her accusations and her temper any longer. And he left. He was like, I'm out of here. Stop accusing me of sleeping around. If he was or not, I have no idea. But he was mad. I don't know. They were getting into a lot of fights. She was accusing him. Maybe she was paranoid. Maybe she was accurate. I don't know. But he left. His two sons, which are Armin's half-brothers, they also leave after this. So they're like, we're out of here. Let me just talk about the house they they lived in. Well, manor? Mansion? Those might be better words for it. This place was massive and old. Uh, uh, it would have been a crazy haunted house. So neighbors say it was like stepping back in time to the Middle Ages when you went inside. That's what they said about this place. This manor was 700 years old and had 40 rooms in it. Absolutely huge. Heating that place would have been a nightmare. And I can I can imagine it was always cold. Just looking at the outside of this place, I'm like, I bet you it was always cold in there. This is where Armin and his mother lived for the next 30 years. Just the two of them. Eight-year-old Armin and his controlling, angry, mean mother. They lived in this huge, dusty, 700-year-old, 40-room mansion the two of them and I'm not exactly sure how his mother was on a day-to-day basis if there was any significant physical abuse but all sources seem to agree Armin's mother was not a kind caring nurturing mother to him but yet Armin wanted desperately to to please his mother and he really he really loved her and it sounds like she was just very cold very distant, um, but she also did love him in a weird way, I guess. Their relationship is very complicated by the sounds of it, and I don't think Armin's mother was very emotionally balanced, or maybe, I, I don't I don't know what was going on there. After Armin's father left, uh, more like abandoned, actually, after Armin's father abandoned him, he, he, he never comes back. You never see him again. He never sees Armin again. And, and that's just really sad. Armin becomes very lonely, very lonely. His two brothers are gone. His father is gone. He's just there with his, his mother. And he invents an imaginary younger brother and he names him Frank. Frank will never leave him. Frank will love him forever and be with him all the time, unlike his father and his two stepbrothers who have abandoned him. Armin was living somewhat of an isolated life in this small town with his mother in this huge house. So it makes sense that he would invent someone to talk to. And I'm not even sure if there were many homes nearby. Like, I don't think there was a lot of neighbors. I don't think there was a lot of neighbor kids. I'm pretty sure I heard that at one point, this village that they lived in, Westerfield, Westerfield, had like seven houses in it and theirs was one of them. So it sounds like it was a very small town. It was around this same age that Armin, he started thinking about dismembering children and eating them. I did read that Armin having this fantasy, this idea, um, he got from reading the book Hansel and Gretel, which of course involves a witch eating children. And Armin, he liked the idea that if he ate them, they would be a part of him forever and they could never leave him. And this... This gave me goosebumps because this is exactly why Jeffrey Dahmer ate people. And actually, Armin and Dahmer, they have a lot of similar characteristics or similar similar traits as well. 
both are polite, both are soft-spoken, both are very unassuming. They seem very gentle. They seem very nice. They both come across as pushovers. And I just found it very weird how similar they are in a lot of ways. When Armin got into his teen years, he didn't seem to be very interested in doing anything with other kids his own age. He didn't seem to leave his house much, didn't seem to date or drink or party. He stayed at home with his his mother mostly. At the age of 19, he joined the army, but this didn't mean he was moving out and, and leaving his mother alone. Uh-uh, nuh-uh. Armin, he was able to be based so close to his manor, to his mansion manor, that he could still live at home with his mom. It didn't sound like he did too well with uh, the other men he was in the army with. It was also around this time he started to question his sexuality. There was just, there was a lot going on in his life at this time. And Armin, he would date and he would bring home women to meet his mother, but they were never good enough for her. And Armin, he never seemed to have a long-term relationship. And like, like I just said, he was questioning his sexuality. And it was people, people that he was in the army with would later talk about this. Uh, by the time Armin is 30 years old, he is still living at home with his mother. But he has, he, he's met friends. He has friends. He's made a group of friends. And this group of friends belong to a sailing group. And Armin seemed to really like sailing. This next part, though, what I'm about to say, this just shows how under control of his mother he really was. Because remember, he's 30. One day, he asks his mother if he can go on a sailing trip with his friends. Again, mind you, he's 30 years old. Imagine asking your mother if you could go on a trip when you're 30 years old, it's just crazy to me. I just, I can't even, it doesn't, it doesn't compute with me. So he asks his mother if he can go on the sailing trip. And she says, she says she has to meet the person organizing it first before she can give a yes or no. Armin asked the guy to come over to meet his mother, to meet his mother. These are grown ass men. And he's like, can you come over and meet my mom so she can talk about the sailing trip so she can give me permission to go? So Armin's friend, he says, yeah, I'll go meet your mom, sure. And Armin's mother questions this poor guy. I don't even, I, that conversation would have been so awkward. Like, how do you even, like, hello, I'm uh, here to talk about a field trip I'm taking your 30-year-old son on. Like, what? Anyway, so this poor guy, he gets questioned. He must have answered everything right because Armin's mom eventually says, okay, he can go. While Armin was on the sailing trip, he called his mother every day. Every damn day. It seemed like Armin wasn't indulging in his fantasies to dismember and eat people when his mother was alive. So I I, ha I was just talking about how when he was a child, he used to have these fantasies. He never acted on these. Well, his mother was alive. It's possible he couldn't allow himself to do it under her control. That's where I'm going with this. But then in 1999... His mother dies. Armin was devastated over the death of his mother. This tore him apart. The one person he had lived side by side with for 38 years was now gone. He now lived alone in that big, cold, 40-room manor, which was beyond repair. A lot of the people in the community are like, oh, that place was uh, needed to be gutted and uh, rebuilt up from the inside. So it was falling apart. I'm sure that to upkeep a place like that was just very, very expensive. And it would have taken multiple staff working full time, five days a week indefinitely to keep it well maintained. And they just didn't have that. They just didn't have those resources. Armin and his mother... 
they weren't she and she was really sick near the end I guess so Armin was taking care of her they didn't have time to fix anything in the house they didn't have time to clean and that 700 year old mansion it just kind of started to fall apart I mean you can just imagine the state of it dusting and sweeping alone just to put it into perspective imagine trying to just sweep that place and dust that place every room all 40 rooms the whole place all the bathrooms everything that alone would take a whole day even maybe even two days so it's just a lot of work it's a lot of work the place was falling apart Armin leaves the army and he gets a job in a nearby town as a computer repair technician so his mother's dead he leaves the army he's devastated he's living in this massive house all by himself and he becomes a computer repair technician and he had actually had plans to maybe run some computer courses out of the mansion I think he wanted to work from home and have it almost sounded like he wanted to hold like computer learning classes but like in a resort kind of style he wanted to give people the option to sign up for his computer classes they go to this massive mansion that he owns I guess he was going to turn one room into like a classroom situation and then some of the other bedrooms were going to be like Airbnbs so they could stay there overnight and he would run these computer courses where people could stay so that was that was a plan he had um he was also working in in nearby towns as a computer repair technician I guess you could call him at any time and be like Armin my computer is glitching and he'd be like be right there and like he would go and fix your computer 18 months after Armin's mother's death he goes online to a website called the cannibal cafe he makes an advertisement under his fake online name which is frankie just like his imaginary younger brother he made up as a child frankie is back but this time he is frankie on a cannibal website and he's making a very eerie ad And this ad reads, looking for a man, 18 to 25 years old, for a real slaughter and consumption. Armin receives a response. That's right, somebody responds to this. This response is from a 42-year-old software designer named Bernd Brandis, except his online name is... Kator. Uh, the response reads, so what he re- writes back, I am offering myself to be eaten by you alive. No slaughter, but consumption. So someone who really wants to do it and needs a real victim. Armin and Burnt, they start chatting. They exchange nude photos. They come up with a plan and they make a date. So who is Burnt Brandis and why is he responding to this ad? Burnt and Armin are pretty similar in age. Both work in computers. Both seem to be confused about their sexuality and both are interested in cannibalism, albeit for different reasons. One wants to be eaten. One wants to eat. Burnt, he wants to be eaten. And Armin, he wants to eat him. Burnt, he had worked for the same company for 15 years. He was very polite. He did his job. He was reliable. He was a good worker. Then co-workers started to notice a change in Burnt. After he turned 40 years old, he started to kind of shift his his outlook in life everything became negative he started so he became negative before this he was a relatively positive person in his everyday life and co-workers were like mm, yeah he came he became a bit more negative around this time he also started working out a lot 
And he made fitness a big part of his identity. Apparently, he talked about his fitness routine all the time. He talked about how he transformed his stomach to be very hard, to have a six-pack abs, I guess. And he was quite proud of this. But at the same time, he seemed to be have quite a negative outlook on life. And he also, um, he also tried to purchase a mail order bride from Nigeria. So burned, he met this woman online. He paid the equivalent of just over 5,000 US dollars to fly this Nigerian bride over to Germany to marry him. And when he went to the airport to get her, he realized it was a scam not only that but he met another man at the airport waiting on the same woman who had also been scammed and this was this was in in the early days of these scams I mean it was 2001 when this happened the internet was it was still in its infant years people weren't really wise to the ways of scammers yet and unfortunately burnt got caught up in one of them and he was out thousands and thousands of dollars after this he met a girl in real life and they actually dated for a while until they broke up until they didn't anymore this it didn't seem too serious they were just having fun they dated for a while then they broke up okay and then after this this is when burnt met a man who became his his secret boyfriend and this man and burnt they move in together and he posed as his roommate um but he was actually his his lover his his partner while they were living together that's when burnt responded to armin's ad on the cannibal cafe nobody knew that burnt was planning this except for armin burnt did have a history of paying male sex workers for their services and even trying to pay them a lot of money to bite off his penis. Now, nobody would ever accept this offer. Nobody nobody would do it. Nobody would, would bite his penis off for money. They were like, no, 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 that's some, um, no, not me. It seemed Burnt had an intense fantasy about his penis being removed from his body while he was alive and he wanted it to hurt really bad. This was his fantasy. And now he had found someone who wants to do it. Someone he doesn't even have to pay. Actually, Armin had met other people online and they would come over to his creepy manor. He would hang them by their feet from his ceiling and he would draw on them almost like quartering them uh the lines he would draw on them were they were guidelines as to where armin would like to cut into them for dismemberment to essentially butcher them like a pig or a cow and it was at this point the person would then say that's as far as they wanted to go Armin had met them online. He had said, hey, this is what I like to do. And they were like, yeah, like they had this same fantasy. But they thought that Armin didn't actually mean he wanted to kill them and butcher them and eat their body. They, Everyone was thinking this was just a fantasy. So they would go over there. They would get strung up by their feet. He would draw on them. And then they would be like, okay, that's as far as I want to go. Now... This is where you actually have to give Armin props because he had them in a very compromising position. He could have done whatever he wanted with them when they were strung up on his ceiling, but he didn't. He would say, okay, that's as far as you want to go. You don't consent to anything further. I'm going to let you down and you want to ride to the train station. And he would let them go. He was only, Armin was only interested if there was consent, if there was no consent, he was not interested. And I, I think that was just a very interesting aspect of all of this. Armin had been building a kill room in his manor or a, a slaughter room, which was soundproof so that nobody could hear the screams coming out of it. It was really creepy uh, to think about this huge manor having a legit kill room in it this 
was what horror movies are made of. Just terrifying. There was a cage in this kill room, and I would assume that's where the pulley was uh, that hung people from the ceiling by their feet. About a month after Armin and Burnt met online, they met in person. So they start chatting, a month goes by, they're meeting in person. Burnt, he didn't want to leave a trail leading to Armin, so he told nobody. And he deleted all their chat information, anything that they had, their, all their correspondence, he had deleted all of that off of his computer. So you couldn't see any chat records between him and Armin. He made it appear like it was just another day. He got up early. His boyfriend was still sleeping. He acted as if he was just going to work like it was any other day. But he wasn't going to work. He had actually told his job he was taking the day off. He goes to the train station in Berlin. He pays cash to get on this train to go to a town called Castle. And at this town of Castle, that's where Armin drove to from the town he's from, Westerfield. And he meets Burnt at the train station and picks him up in his car and then drives him back to his dilapidated mansion. Both Burnt and Armin, they had been reading a lot about cannibalism. And within that research, they discovered that if the intestines are empty it makes it easier to dismember and eat someone without spoiling the meat or the meat tastes better I mean I guess if you're pulling a body apart and you nick the intestines and there is food digesting in there you're gonna get it's not gonna be good um so burnt he doesn't eat that whole day in preparation to be consumed. What happens once they reach Armin's home? It seems to differ from source to source. So the source I'm going to use primarily to talk about this is from Armin himself. I found a two-hour interview of Armin talking about this night, but it was all in German. So I had to put um, captions on and then have those captions translated to English, which means I'm pretty sure there was a lot lost in translation, but I did the best I could to try to understand the situation as Armin tells it. Armin said that Burnt had taking, taken some sleeping pills uh, he had gotten for him so he could relax. This put Burnt in a very relaxed, euphoric state. And Armin, he set up his video camera and he started filming the entire thing as per pre-discussed. Burnt, he was naked at this point and laying on a bed in the kill room. I saw pictures of this bed. Well, I think it, I don't know if it was actual pictures of this kill room and this bed in it. But if it was, it is exactly what you're imagining it is exactly out of a saw movie or something it is just not not good not good armin he took the knife and he began to slice slice off burnt's penis so they're getting down to business like let's do this this is what we're here for according to armin his knife didn't cut as swiftly as he thought it would and from what i understand it uh, it got pretty gruesome, uh, more so than originally thought. He also had to get another knife from the kitchen to finish severing off Burnt's penis from his body while he was alive. Also, Burnt was not tied up. This was, again, something they had discussed. Burnt wanted to feel free this was this was he wanted it to be known that this was complete free will here that he, he was doing this and he also wanted the pain Armin says Burnt was insistent on the pain so he gave that to him he said Burnt screamed for about 20 to 30 seconds and then after that he 
said it didn't hurt anymore. I think he was expecting more pain. He wanted more pain. Mind you, all of this was recorded and police saw this tape eventually. Could you imagine that being your job that day? It would, um, uh, wow, that would be crazy. So what Armin is saying in interviews, it must match up with the recorded evidence. And that's why I'm taking his word for it. That's why I'm going to talk about how Armin is saying it happened because he this is the story he tells police and police watch the videotape of all of this happening so I'm just assuming that everything he's saying has been backed by this tape this snuff film that he made once Burns penis was completely removed from his body the two looked at it and they made a plan to eat it. Burnt, he wanted to eat his own penis and he tried to eat it raw. He tried to take a bite raw, uh, but he couldn't. And I'm not really sure why that wasn't working. I could speculate why, but I'm not going to. It's just, I go, okay, eating it raw just wasn't an option, I guess. Armin had severed the penis in half, half for Armin, half for Burnt. And Armin told Burnt, hey, I mean, raw, this isn't really working out. I don't know if it was too chewy or tough or whatever. But Armin was like, it'll probably taste better if I fry it. Do you want me to cook it? I'm going to go cook this. So he's like, okay. Okay, so Armin, he takes this severed penis, which is now cut in half, To his kitchen, he washes it in the sink, he puts a fry pan on the stove, and he puts the dick in the pan. Puts the dick in the pan, and he fries it, and he fries it, and he fries it, and it must not have been in his cannibal cookbook on how to cook this because he fucking burns it. Burns it to a crisp. He said that he burned it so bad it was unedible. I mean, Armin, you only had one shot at that. You only had one shot at that. And Burnt, he's waiting on Armin. And when he comes back with this charcoal cooked appendage, Burnt still tried to eat it. And Armin claims that Burnt was even more disappointed with the cooked version than he was with the raw version. And I was just thinking this entire situation is so fucked up. This entire situation is just so fucked up for so many reasons and on so many levels. I mean, Armin, he was stressed about having to cook this thing he never cooked before. But the thing is, the thing he's cooking is a penis that he just severed from a man who wanted it severed from his body. And then he burns it and then he disappoints the man whose penis it is that was severed from his body who only wanted to like eat his eat his penis and he's burned it. And, the, and what are you going to do now? You know, this entire, I'm just trying to wrap my head around what the energy would have been like in that kill room, in that house that day. And it, it's it's just all over the place for me. It is, yeah, I don't know. It is so hard to believe that this is a consensual act, but it is. 100% this was a consensual act. After this burned penis situation, Uh, Burnt said that he wanted to lay down in the bed so he did and then he fell asleep listening to the radio like he wanted he was like can you turn the radio on I want to lay down I'm 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 feeling a bit tired Armin was like yeah have a lay down I'll put the radio on and then Armin climbs into this bed and falls asleep beside him but Burnt he woke up uh, he didn't bleed out you know he didn't he didn't bleed out immediately Armin said that he had um bandaged the wound Uh, he says he bandaged it quite poorly so I don't know what that means but Burnt he didn't he didn't bleed out he wakes up and he says he's really cold and he wanted to take a bath so Armin then runs him a bath and Burnt gets in in this interview I watched with Armin he said that in the bath Burnt was quote 
was happy the way the blood was jumping out of his open wound, unquote, which was just a very chilling thing to hear. And Armin is just telling this story like it it's nothing. He's like, hey, listen to this. This is what I did. And then this happened. And then the bathtub was had this guy in it and then his blood filled up the tub and he was happy laying in it. Like that's basically what and how he's talking. Burns stayed in the bath for about two and a half hours. Then he finally called Armin back to see him. I don't know where Armin was at this point. Some sources said that Armin was downstairs reading a Star Trek book, but I don't know. So two and a half hours later, Armin gets called back upstairs by Burnt, and this is when Burnt started to go in and out of consciousness, presumably from blood loss. So I could imagine his blood pressure was really dipping at this point. He, I, I could just imagine he's lost a, a ton of blood. Armin helped him up the stairs where he started to walk on his own again. So he's kind of going in and out of this, oh, I'm going to die. Oh, no, I'm not. And Burnt made it very clear that he did not want a doctor called. That was, he did not want that at all, ever, not ever. He did not want to go to the hospital. He wanted to be killed. He didn't want to be saved. He wanted to die. Burnt gets back into the bed he was previously in and he passes out until about 3.30 in the morning. When he wakes up, Armin said Burnt's last words were, quote, I have to pee, unquote. He then passed out again. Armin then put Burnt on what he calls a slaughter bench, gets his camera set up, gets his knife, and then he waits for about a half hour. He knows he has to kill Burnt, which he really didn't want to do he was hesitating for a while he was like oh I don't know I don't want to do this I don't want to do this he didn't want to do it after a while he kisses burned he waits a little while longer he prays he says he doesn't know if he should be praying to God or the devil but he's praying and he's asking God for forgiveness and then he stabs burnt in the neck he says the knife went in one side of the neck and out the other. He could see the tip going through. And Armin said there was very little blood left in Burns' body by this time, and the wound hardly bled. Armin, he did not like what he had done at all. He did not enjoy killing at all. He felt angry that he did it, and he even said the entire process, it was not as romantic as he thought it was going to be. So I don't know how he thought it was going to be. I don't know how anyone could romanticize that situation, but it was now clear to Armin that this was not this was not something that he enjoyed. It was not how he thought it was going to be at all. But for Armin, it's not the killing. It's not the killing that draws him to this. It's the consuming of another person's flesh. That's the be all end all. That's the bottom line for him. And whatever he has to do to get there, he might not enjoy, but he will do it to get where he's got to go, which is consuming human flesh. Now it was time for Armin to start the butchering. Armin had learned how to dismember and process a human body online, and he followed the instructions starting with the removal of Burnt's head. He went through the process he learned online, hung the body, removed the organs, cut the body in half, cleaned it with hot water, left it hanging, and went to bed. Some sources did say that Burnt wanted to leave before they got into it, like before his penis was cut off, before any of this happened. So he gets there, he gets cold feet, and he wanted to leave. Armin was very supportive to Burnt. He was like, if you don't want to do this, you don't have to do this. No worries at all. I will give you a ride to this, the train station. Like, I only want to do this if you're 100% consenting. As they were getting ready to leave, Burnt changed his mind again and was like, no, I want to do this. I want you to eat me. I want you to kill me. So this is what so, like other sources were saying. And another source said that Armin and Burnt sat around nude and drank coffee before this, the dismemberment. 
Um, another one said they sat around and drank wine. Um, there was a lot of variations of details. I read in another source that Armin sat downstairs, like I said, reading that Star Trek book while burnt blood out upstairs in the bathtub. But he never mentions this book uh, when he's talking about burnt bleeding out upstairs. I'm, none of these things did Armin mention in his interview that I saw. Uh but again, I was using a trans trans I was using translated captions and other sources are saying these things, but I mean there's some variations. It's it's kind of hard to tell exactly which ones are completely accurate. However, what we do know is that whatever happened that night, it was all caught on tape and Armin, he seems to be very open to talk about it. Armin kept as much meat as he could from Burnt's body and what he couldn't consume or what he found no value in, he buried in his yard. Uh, I think it was like the organs and stuff like that, which I'm, I can't be so, maybe it was like the intestines. I'm not, I'm not exactly sure what he buried in the yard, but he definitely did bury some of Burnt's remains in the yard and he kept the meat from Burns' body and he put it into freezer bags and he placed it in his freezer. Now, some sources say, again, things start to vary here. Some sources say he had a false bottom in a deep freeze where he put this meat and then other sources don't say this at all. They're just like, it was in his freezer. So I, I don't know. I know he kept it in a freezer, whether it was in a false bottom uh, in a in a free in a deep freeze or whether it was in just a fridge freezer, I don't know. A couple days go by since Burnt's death, and Armin he decides to cook a meal using the human meat. So aside from that failed attempt to eat Burnt's severed penis, he hadn't eaten any of the meat. So two it was two days later. He gets out some of this meat and he's like, I'm going to cook it. And this is where a lot of Hannibal Lecter similarities come in because he cooked the human meat. He sat at his dining room table in his mansion and in a hauntingly civilized manner, he consumed the meat with a side of potato, sprouts, pepper sauce, and a glass of red wine, which is giving very, very Hannibal Lecter vibes. And actually, if you look at Armin, I don't know. He kind of he, he could he could be he could be Hannibal's cousin. He didn't stop there though. He also cooked a bone in the oven to turn into flour. I believe it was uh Burnt's arm bone. A fucking arm bone. He's like, I'm going to use this and I'm going to turn it into flour. That's like what, isn't there like a fairy tale where a giant turns your bones into flour? Like this is, what even is this? Uh, okay, Armin, he also does something that I'm like, what the fuck? So he takes Burnt's foot and he puts it on a plate, like a platter, and he garnishes it like a centerpiece and he also watches the recording of him cutting off Burnt's penis and killing him and he masturbates to it this is really turning him on is watching the video so he wasn't he didn't like doing the act of killing but what he is loving is eating the flesh and then re-watching the moment where he is I guess, dismembering and killing someone. That's, yeah, that's what he's into. By this time, Burnt's boyfriend was looking for him and his work was looking for him and he was reported missing, but nobody knew where Burnt was. His picture was put in the paper, you know, missing, this guy's missing. And yet nothing was coming up. Nobody could find him. Nobody had any information about where he went or where he was. Weeks pass and with no leads, the search goes nowhere. It stalls out. It's, it's, it's dead in the water. And then months pass and there's still no news. Nothing surfaces. So this is kept very quiet. This is, you know, nobody can figure out where Burnt has gone. He's, he covered his tracks very well like he wanted. As those months pass, it is estimated that Armin eats 20 
kilograms of human meat, of burnt, 20 kilograms. Five months after Burnt's disappearance, Armin goes back online. So he thought that he would be satisfied doing this once, I think, and then, and he was. And for five months, I don't think he went on these sites. But then five months later, he must have had an urge to go back online. So he goes back online, he goes to these cannibal websites, and he's searching for another person to consent into being killed and eaten. But this time, he is talking about his past experience. And it is so graphic and so real that eventually someone reports him to police. Because a, you got a, a lot of people on these sites, they're doing this for fetish purposes. They're not actually killing people. They're not actually eating people. But Armin is. And so when he's talking about, he's saying, I have experience doing this. And, and what he's saying is so real and so graphic that someone on here is actually like, this guy has killed someone. This guy has killed someone and he's eaten someone. This isn't, this isn't like a, a fake, this isn't like role playing to him. This is real. And it's, this guy is so concerned that he reports Armin, who is online as Frankie, to police. Although he was using the alias Frankie, police managed to track the post, the, the online post or this account to Armin. I think Armin, he was on this site for a while looking for another victim before this was reported to police because it was another year and a half before police show up uh, to search Armin's property. So whether or not in that time he had people coming over and doing role playing and then them being like, whoa, I didn't think you were serious. And then um, him, Armin being like, okay, we'll just like go if you don't consent to me like killing and eating you or whatever, you know, I don't know. But it, it's about, so he gets online five months after Burnt disappears. A year and a half after that, that's when someone had reported, reported Armin to police. They looked into it and they go out to search his, his property. December 10th, 2002, two years since Burnt disappears, police show up in the morning. It was around like 8.30 or something in the morning. They're like, let's start our day. Let's go to this fucking haunted mansion where dicks get cut off. They search Armin's home. They find 10 kgs of weird meat, weird looking meat in the freezer and this was clearly human meat they're like armin what's this meat and he's like oh that's animal meat and they're like armin this is not this is not animal meat apparently they could tell by the way it looked that it wasn't animal meat and i'm like damn okay like what does that look like the meat it even though they could tell they were like this is not animal meat they needed to prove this so they send away that meat for testing to a lab to confirm that it, it, it is human meat. And since police couldn't prove anything at the time, although I don't know, I, I, how come they can't prove it's like human blood or human meat on the scene? Is there not like a protein in human blood that they can test for on the scene? I don't know. Anyways, they send it off to a lab. They can't prove that it's human meat in that very moment. So Armin is charged with glorification of violence, probably so they can hold him. They have this online, all this crazy shit he's been saying about wanting to kill and dismember people and then eat them and be this cannibal. I don't know. They've got all this stuff on him. So they were like, okay, we're going to charge you with glorification of violence. Um, so you can't really go anywhere. Excavators were brought in to dig up the property in search of human remains, which were found on the property. All three of Armin's computers were searched and over 3,800 digital files were pulled off of them involving cannibalism, torture, porn, and just other miscellaneous images such as his holiday pictures. So all of these things were just kind of on his computers, I guess. He can look at himself suntanning in Spain and then he can look at someone eating human meat. I don't know. It just, I, I'm terrified of what investigators would have had to look through in his files taken from his computer. Like that is not a job you uh, want to be assigned to. Uh, 
one point, police straight up asked him. They were like, Armin, have you eaten human meat? And he says, quote, I may have, unquote. (laughs) What the fucking answer is that? I may have. Okay, that means yes. That definitely means yes. It didn't take long for Armin to fully confess to police, and he was then charged with murder. He also told police where they could find the recorded footage of Burnt's dismemberment and death. And I'm thinking that he told, because the police were probably like, we're charging you with murder, motherfucker, because you got human meat in your damn fridge, okay? And then he was probably like, wait, 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 wait. The guy that I killed, he wanted me to do it. And I can prove it because we recorded it. He gave his consent. You can see he he's not tied up. He wanted me to do this to him. So I think that's why Armin told them where the footage was. But anyways, police go to his mansion and they find this snuff film, this, this cannibal film that uh, Armin had made. Which I'm like, damn, could you imagine being police officers assigned to search his home? It's 40 rooms. It's a 700-year-old mansion. There's probably trap doors and all kinds of shit in that house. I couldn't imagine. You would never be able to search that place thoroughly. You would just never. Like if someone wanted to hide something in there for police to never find, I am 100% sure they could do it. In this two-hour interview I watched uh, with Armin telling telling all Armin gives uh, in-depth details including about including what human meat tasted like to him and he said that the meat tastes like pork but stronger he also goes into how he felt when he ate human meat saying he had dreamed about doing this for so long like 30 years like three decades he had been dreaming about eating human meat Then he finally got to make this dream come true. And that was very satisfying to him. You can see it on his face, how happy he was. He calls it his dream. I'm going to call it his fucking nightmare to bring his chilling nightmare to fruition. He said he finally felt like he was experiencing a perfect inner connection through his, meaning Burns, flesh. I was like, what? You feel like, okay, wait a minute. You feel like you're experiencing a perfect inner connection through eating someone else's flesh. Like you are becoming one with them. And I was like, that is, that is is exactly something that Jeffrey Dahmer would say. And it has me thinking like, is this a mental condition? Because we're seeing a lot of the same personality traits. We're seeing a lot of, the same they're they're I don't know they're they sound the same they're acting the same they want to do the same thing and they have the same reasoning behind it and it's just like I think we should look into this more because I think this is like a condition um Armin he does undergo a psychiatric evaluation and he was found to have a personality disorder uh, but he was also found completely sane and he was fit to stand trial While I was researching this case, I learned something I did not know, and it was very interesting. So in Germany, there are no laws against cannibalism. That's right. There are no laws about cannibalism. So Armin, he couldn't be tried for cannibalism. It's not, there's, I don't, I mean, I can't be against the law. There's no law about it in Germany. So that was out of the question. And since Bernd was a consenting individual, in this situation, then I guess the murder charge didn't stick either. And I was just curious if Germany has any laws against assisted suicide, because a lot of places do. A lot of places it is illegal to assist someone to commit suicide. So I was like, does Germany have this law? So I just did a quick search and it looks like that also isn't against the law in Germany. I don't know. Any German lawyers out there, let me know. This seems crazy. No laws against... uh, No laws against cannibalism. No laws against assisted suicide. So what what was going to happen here? In this first trial, Armin, he was found guilty of manslaughter and sentenced to eight and a half years in prison. 
After this, though, there was a retrial as the prosecution appealed. They were like, no, we're not accepting that. Manslaughter is not a good enough charge and eight and a half years isn't a harsh enough sentence for this. We want a retrial. So we're like, okay, let's retrial this. In the second trial, Armin was convicted of murder. That's right. They finally got him on this murder charge. And it was the knife to the neck when Armin killed Burnt that kind of sealed the deal. It wasn't that Armin had severed Burnt's penis. It was that he took a knife and shoved it through uh, Burnt's neck from one side to the other. Apparently, this is now a murder charge. And I'm not really sure how they got around with Burnt consenting to wanting to be killed because he did. So I don't know how this isn't under the category of assisted suicide, but it wasn't. And eventually, Armin is convicted charged, convicted, found guilty of murder. This resulted in Armin being sentenced to life. So I did another search to see what life means in the German court system because I really have no idea and we know that it it's different everywhere. And I read that life in the German court system, it is the harshest sentencing that someone can get and most people sentenced to life, uh, they can apply for parole after 15 years. So I don't know what the maximum was. I think life means life, but after 15 years, you can apply for parole. This was early 2000s. Is Armin out of prison now? This was what, I think 2006, he was given that sentence. Um, What are we, 2023? You do the math. Is he out of prison? Well, let's have a look. According to an article from 2020, he is still in prison, but is allowed to leave the prison with officers to walk around town. Armin wears a disguise and goes to another part of Germany to do this. I, I didn't, it didn't say where, which town he goes into, but it's like far away from where he committed his crimes. And he does, uh, he does get out. He gets out uh, every once in a while with, with these guards and, and goes and walks around society wearing a disguise. As far as I know, he is still in jail. And I read in several places that he became a vegetarian in prison. So I could imagine he was getting all kinds of harassment from prisoners. And maybe he was like, you know what? Like, I'm not even going to eat meat anymore. Nobody ever suspected Armin of having such dark, horrendous fantasies. Nobody, nobody knew about this side of Armin. He hid it so well from the time he was a child to the time he got caught. I mean, he was known to be very polite and nice. In fact, when people went... Like when the police went to search his home, neighbors saw police there. They saw those excavators there. They saw all the shit going down. And neighbors thought that Armin had been killed. They thought Armin was a victim here. The last thing on their mind was that he was a killer. Apparently he had been looking after someone's Rottweiler and a neighbor thought that the dog must have ripped Armin apart and ate him. Mm Mm-mm. That's not what happens. It's really, it's really Armin who, who ate someone, which is, and all the neighbors were like, what the fuck? Like they had no idea. This was like, there was, this was just like a bomb dropped on this little tiny town. They were like, okay, we've got a cannibal in this creepy ass fucking, it's, it's crazy how much this is like a horror movie. Absolutely crazy. It's really chilling to watch Armin talk so openly about this because he doesn't seem to hold back. He doesn't seem to feel any remorse or shame. And it's like he's talking about playing frisbee in the park or something equally as innocent that he enjoys. Uh, It doesn't seem like he did enjoy the killing at all. In fact, he really seems to dislike that part. But the part he seems to be obsessed with is, again, consuming the flesh of another so they can never leave him, so they can be become one which again is just like Jeffrey Dahmer and um yeah it just seems like Armin and Jeffrey Dahmer were addicted to human flesh because of this reason which is just really crazy I did also see that Armin later on in his prison sentence he was like okay look guys I know that I shouldn't eat human meat and 
I thought that maybe I could bring my fantasy to life and that's why I did this. But now I'm never going to do it again. I know that it's wrong to eat human meat. So now he knows it's wrong to eat human meat. He didn't know that before, apparently. He didn't know that, I guess. Had Armin not been stopped, it is highly probable he would have killed again. And who's to say if he would continue to ask for consent? Who's to say when this consent asking would stop? The more he did it, the more familiar and effortless it would have become to him. I mean, he had all the signs of a serial killer. He just got caught after his first victim, thankfully, because I have a feeling, oh gosh, that 700-year-old mansion, and they, they were on quite a bit of land. He had a lot to work with. He, uh-uh, yeah, I could have just seen this going in a in a major, major, major serial killer direction. The most recent article I found on this case uh, was from this year, actually, April of 2023. The 700-year-old 40-room manor Armin called home has burned down when he was in prison. It is highly suspected that foul play was involved and two suspects are being investigated. I mean, that's crazy. 700 years that house stood there. 700 years it was occupied. 700 years it was a homestead. And that's how it comes to an end. It is wild. They should make a movie on that house starting with the year it was built. It, it would just be so incredibly interesting. Again, I had heard of this case before, but I always just thought it, it was more of an urban legend than fact. But no, I learned that it is all fact. That concludes this week's episode. But before I go, I did say at the beginning I was going to run over what this month is looking like on the podcast. Because it's October, next week I will be putting out an episode about horror movies based on true stories. So I did an episode like this last October and I, I, I just thought it was so intriguing and compelling. And I've got a whole new batch of movies to talk about. Some I hadn't even heard of. I was like, hold on, what's this? The week after that, I'm going to be talking about cases and events that have paranormal elements to them. So this is like cases meets paranormal it's a whole thing, okay? Then the last week of October, the episode released just before Halloween. I am again putting together a Halloween special, which includes your own scary, creepy, fictional short stories. I do have about five right now that are all fiction and they are all really, really good. I'm really excited for this episode. I love showcasing your work. I love bringing your stories to life using sound effects. I just, I just love it. I feel like I am working on an old time radio station or something back in like the 1920s. Like I just, I, I just love it. It's not too late to submit your short story to me though. So if you has, have one, please send it over to hellnopodcast.outlook.com. That is hellnopodcast, all one word, at outlook.com. Hellnopodcast at outlook.com. You must have uh, written the story yourself. Please do not breach that. Please have written it yourself. It's got to be spooky. It's got to be creepy. It's got to be twisted. It can be fact. It can be fiction, whatever. We, maybe you have a true paranormal encounter. Maybe you've been in an abandoned house where there was ghosts. Maybe the house you grew up in has ghosts. I would love to hear about your experiences. Um, if you write about it, just please send it in. I, I'm, I would really, no one has sent me in. This year, no one has sent in any factual stories that have happened to them in like a paranormal aspect and I would really 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 love um to read that maybe you you know maybe you don't have that maybe you have a fiction story maybe you wrote a twisted short thriller story that you want to share you want me to bring to life with sound effects and reading it you know I don't know what you got but either way if you think 
what you're hearing me say right now fits what you have, again, please email it to hellnopodcast.outlook.com. Please include who to credit the story to. Like, so if you want me to credit it to your Reddit username, if you want me to credit it to your real name, or if you want to remain anonymous, please put that in the email when you send the story through. Okay. Thank you so much for listening. 